So um, I asked these ladies, and they've never done anything like this. Um, so I'm putting them on the spot. Um, they're, Thank you for that. I'm praying that they're not mad at me later. <laughs> but, um, they've, they've all shared some nuggets of wisdom, and so I think it'll be good for us um, to, sh- to listen to their stories. And so um, I wanted to start off. We have a slide that says, I put it up for, um, yeah, that one. So when Pastor asked me to speak, I ran across this um, graphic, and I was like, a lot of things said something to me at once, and I'm very visual, and so, um, you know, I saw a mom that's, you know, rescuing the kid, maybe it's hurt, you know, you know, I thought everything that the mother is, you know, it's just like, she's there, she's you know, caring for that kid, she's loving on him, you know, whatever they needed. And so as mothers, you know, we take on that role sometimes that it's just like, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to just give you a hug, you know, I'm just going to love on you. And so um, a lot spoke to me in this this picture, but I was just thinking about Mother's Day and how you kind of sacrifice. You don't care about you at the moment. You just do what it needs to be done, right? <laughs> and so... Um, these mothers have some good stories for us, and um, we just pray that the Holy Spirit's going to speak through us this morning. Um, guys, I'm sure there's something you can get out of it, but we're basically speaking to the mother's hearts this morning. So um, just listen in, and maybe it's something that you can help your wife with or um, your mother. But um, so, sorry, I got to get my notes real quick. Um. <clears throat> So we, we met the other day and, you know, I was thinking as I talked to each one of them, they had great stories. And so I wanted to incorporate each one, but, um, I just hope that this speaks life into you and that encourage you somehow. Um, as they were telling me some things, I learned some tips too, because of where I'm at with my kids. Um, they all have different stages here. Um, and so I just pray that everybody can get something out of this this morning. Um, So, you know, at the top of that graphic, I wanted to mention, it says, it never underestimate the power of a mother. A lot of times we, you know, as we're sacrificing and stuff, we underestimate our um, power of our words, um, the power of what uh, we can do for somebody, and we just kind of put ourselves to the side. And so I just encourage you that you have power and you have life in what you say to people and what you say to your kids. Um, I didn't have kids for 12 years, so there was a lot of um, mothering I did instead of, you know, we had a youth ministry and we had kids over all the time, and that was that was where I was a mother before I had kids. And there's different people in your life that God sends you, and there's different seasons that you're a mother to those people and you're nurturing in a way. And so I encourage you, even if you don't have kids or whatever, God's going to speak through you and he'll give you some nuggets and wisdoms for the future. But, um, so I wanted to, um, start with Miss Tracy here and, um, she has two sons, right? I do. (laughs) So, um, she has a great, uh, she has a great story and example about the Holy Spirit just prompting you on how you can love your kids better. And so I just tell them part of your story. Okay. Um, it was a regular average morning at home with my kids. I was, uh, having coffee on the sofa, watching 
Hunter's favorite cartoon with him, just spending some time with Hunter. Um, Hunter's about five or six years old at the time. I'm sitting on the edge of the sofa so I can put my coffee down. I've got something in my lap that I'm reading because it's a kid's cartoon that's on. And Hunter is way on the other end of the sofa. He has his feet wedged between the cushion and the arm of the sofa. He can't get any farther away. But we're spending time together. Robbie, the younger son, is about two or three years old. He's got some toys out. He's running around playing. Every once in a while, Robbie will run up, throw himself in my lap, and just squeeze, and I'll lean over and squeeze him back, and off he goes to play. A few minutes later, Robbie comes back again, throws himself on my lap, squeeze, off he goes to play. And Hunter's way on the other side of the sofa, just watching the cartoon, and the Holy Spirit speaks up in my heart, and he says, you need to explain to Hunter why... You hug and snuggle with Robbie, but not with him. Now, let me give you some backstory. Hunter is an independent soul. From the time he figured out how to scoot himself across the floor, he was finished with hugs and snuggles. I would pick him up, you know, just to love on him, and he would push himself away from me, looking over my shoulder for what can he go discover. He didn't have time for it. So I recognized that he needed his space and his independence. Of course, limited independence. He was an infant. (laughs) Um, Robbie came along. Robbie was a snuggle bug. And this mama ate that up. Most of you know I'm a hugger. If you need a hug, come see me. Those hugs are very anointed. I'm just saying. Those long ones that you need. You know. And it's nothing new. have <laughs> been doing it for many years. So Robbie came along and he would hug and snuggle and I just ate that up. And I recognized that each of my boys had different needs. I learned that fair doesn't mean same. Fair means each child gets what they need most. So I was, I thought I was meeting both of my kids' needs, but the Holy Spirit spoke up and said, Hunter needs to know why this is happening. So I looked over at Hunter. I said, do you know why I hug and snuggle with Robbie and not with you? And he looks at me and I know I have his attention. I said, it's only because you don't like it. I said, I would love to hug with you and snuggle with you, but I don't want to make you do something that you don't like. And he just nodded his head, kind of got a thoughtful look in his face. I knew I had connected with him. So, okay, he's got it. The Holy Spirit said, tell him. I told him, I'm good. So I went back to reading what I'm reading. The cartoon's on. I didn't think anything else about it. Within just a few minutes, Hunter had scooted himself across the sofa and wedged himself up under my arm. And we sat and watched that cartoon And the next cartoon, and however many it took, because I wasn't about to move. (laughs) And for the years after that, Hunter would negotiate with Robbie on who got to snuggle with mom during movie time. Because Robbie thought it was always his place, and Hunter wanted his time, and I was so thankful for that. And as he moved forward into high school... 
I watched a lot of high school kids who didn't even want to admit they had parents, much less that they loved them. But Hunter would be on the phone with me at school, and I could hear all his friends around him, and he would say, I love you first. I never had to make him say it. He would, he would speak it out first, and he would come into the house with his entourage of friends. He never had two or three. He always had five or eight come home with him. He collects friends. I've always said that about him. But his, he would come in. He would come straight to me for a hug. And then his friends would get in line. I'd hug Andrew, I'd hug Tanner, I'd hug Dylan, I'd hug Daniel, I'd hug Ricky, just all of them. They all called me mom. And I believe all of this resulted from that day on the sofa. I feel like the enemy wanted to plant a seed of resentment in Hunter's heart where he would develop hate for his brother, where he would feel like I loved his brother more because Hunter didn't get the physical affection. Well, all the while I thought I was meeting Hunter's need. Of independence. But the Holy Spirit spoke up and the Holy Spirit intervened and He planted a seed of life and of love in our family. And that grew into something beautiful. That's so good. <laughs> Isn't that good? You know, I think that just speaks, you know, Pastor was speaking on the Holy Spirit last week, and as I was listening to the stories, I think that's the theme this week is just listening to the Holy Spirit and letting him be our mentor and helper in those times. And a lot of times we don't know what to do, (laughs) but he knows exactly what each child needs and what each person needs, you know, and we have to be sensitive to that voice. And so um, I wanted Christine to share her story. And um, you talked to me about like the difference um, about before Christ with Christ, um, even being a single mom for a while. So um, just share your story with us. Okay, I'll, I'll start now, where I'm at now, and then I'll give you the backstory. Um, the scripture that the Lord gave me was Psalm 127.3. Children are a blessing and a gift from the Lord. So that was like couple of months after Mitch and I got married, which I didn't understand. This is going to be 22, it was 22 years, 23 years. And um, so he gave me that scripture and then I found out I was pregnant at 40 years old. And so you don't know what, you know, and I'm a believer at this point in my life, um, have had been for a a while. And um, so that puts a lot of whirlwind in your life thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I've got two children. Mitch has got two children and I'm pregnant. Um, so, but the Lord knew before, you know, he has a purpose for everything. Um, I wasn't looking to be married, but God knew. He knew the desires deep down in my heart. So, um, I just find that was such a, a, a neat scripture that he gave me that they are a gift and a blessing. So we're all going to church one night, and this young lady right here. I'm her daughter, by the way. <laughs> check, check. Well, then 
we're all going to church on a Wednesday night, and she pops up and says, in the back seat. I'm in the very back seat, and I'm like, oh, by the way, I've been I've been praying for a, a little brother or sister, and um, everybody just kind of looks in the back of the suburban like, oh, gosh. Um, so it was kind of just like, okay, you know, just, you know, a kid's prayer, you know, it may happen. It, it, you know, we don't want any more, you know, and it wasn't planning for any more, so... And then that happened. <laughs> but, but a childlike faith. So don't ever underestimate your children when they're praying and praying to the Lord because um, we have Aaron and he's, and he's been a blessing to us. Now, I've been on a, um, I, I asked Mitch if I can take um, maternity leave for about three months. Well, it's been 23 years. I'm still on maternity leave. <laughs> so... Um, I'm just going to give a few little nuggets that I've learned with Aaron because I wasn't so fortunate with my girls, um, you know, because I'm married now. Um, and one of those nuggets is to, um, and this was from the Holy Spirit because, I mean, it's how I was raised, but uh, from the Holy Spirit said you sit and you eat dinner, supper, or whatever you want to call it, with your child. And... And there's a scripture that goes with that, because um, I, I didn't, I did it as a child, but I didn't know what the, what the word said. And it's from Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So... I, this still means a lot to me, but we've had amazing conversations raising Aaron, sitting in his high chair, just and strolling. You know, when you stroll with your kids, talk about nature and um, and tell them it's all from God. You know, just constantly tell them um, about the Lord. You know, when you're sitting at the table, to me, was the perfect time for us as our, our little three family because one well, of the girls, Nina, was still home at that time when we had Erin. So, um, so that was fun because she's Erin's second mom. Uh, she was, uh, 10, 12, 10. I, think. Um, I was 12 when I uh, believe when he was born. Yeah. So it was a, there's a 12 year age gap between us. So he was my little walking baby doll. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. <laughs> so here's another one little nugget from the Holy spirit was, um, to, you know, when they, when they go to school, you're hustle bustle. Now I wasn't working, you know, but you still in the morning, get up and go to school. And the Holy Spirit said, when he started reading, when Aaron started reading to get a devotional and put it in the back seat with him and, and he let him read it and let him explain to me what that little devotional said, you know, it takes the pressure off from me as a mom, you know, cause you're, um, trying to get them to school and, um, but it, it you're, there's another moment you get to teach and um, let them hear from the Lord. So here's the backstory. Um, blended family. Um, I was a single mom for nine years. Um, <clears throat> divorced at 33. Had two children, two small children. Um, never in my uh, wildest dreams I thought I would be a single mom. So if there's any single moms out here, you know, I understand you take your hat off, put your career hat, put your mom hat. You don't have a hat as far as who you are personally, you know, because I was a wife, but now I'm not a wife anymore. So 
you know, the Holy Spirit is and is now and was then and will always be my teacher. Um, I was a new Christian at that time, and um, he it was a very dark time in my life. And but the Holy Spirit just would—I I didn't know how to listen to His voice, but the unctions, the people that um, the Lord put in my life, because um, I was—I was standing behind a chair, and a lot of people would sit in my chair and cut hair and. Um, and the Holy Spirit used these people to speak to me. Um, you now I was reading the Word, and then the Word speaks to you when you're in these dark times. Um, and I prayed in this. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I thought I just thought my life was completely, and it was completely different because I don't, I didn't know how to pray. You know, you're you're emotionally distraught, and and you're ra- I'm having to raise. Two amazing girls that one loves to run around like a wild woman and the other one that was very independent, you know, didn't really need me. She took over that role as the man of the house, so to speak, you know, because she thought, well, somebody's got to do this. So I prayed in the spirit a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, because I didn't know how to pray and I didn't know how to ask God for, for my children. You know, um, so those were the things. His word, um, the teaching. I never miss church because I was hungry for what God had for my life. You know, I'm 33 years old and I have a whole life ahead of me. So you see how I was kind of devastated when I was 40 and pregnant because I didn't know any of this, but the Lord knew, and I believe that was part of some of my prayer because I always desired in my heart to be a stay-at-home mom, but I did both. I'm going to kind of intervene on that one. Um, So, you know, as a child, I don't think I ever really remember her being in that state. I don't remember my mom, you know, being a sad mom or anything like that. Um, I knew it was like kind of a struggle. Like I kind of knew that side of it. It was kind of evident. But um, she was just always that example of pushing through and what she relied on, who she relied on. was always evident in how she carried herself and how she treated other people um, and the people that she relied on. Um, they were all tr- always trustworthy people. There were always people I knew that she was never going to put us in harm. So if we needed something and if we didn't feel comfortable maybe talking to her, we had those avenues of people that we could always go to if we needed something um, or just didn't understand and so she just was always that example, like I said, that just kind of led into my life. Like, this is what a mom does. Um, so even when you don't have the words, just being that physical example of what a mother does, a mother is there, a mother is present, a mother is always praying for you, a mother's always speaking words over you, even when you're like, oh my gosh, whatever. Like, <laughs> um, So she always, she just led by example. Um, even when she maybe didn't have the right words to say, she was that example always. Yeah. And you know, you send them off to, to daddy and, and they come home and she just reminded me of this the other day. She said, when we'd come home, you would just like open the door and say, tell, get, get this 
juju out of your house, you know, but it's true. You know, you, whatever you, you, you allow your kids to have influence, um, it, it's amazing how it affects your, your home life. Um, always be teachable. I learned so much from my girls and from Aaron, but I'm, I'm on my backside here with you know, my past. Um, my children have taught me so much. Um, cause I, you know, my mom, we were a little strained as, as I was growing up, but she was an amazing mom. I am who I am because of my mother. Um, just the things she's taught me and, um, but my relationship with her was strained. So like, I always keep that door open for my girls and my mom tried, but she didn't know how, because she only gave me what she had. You know, that with our moms, that's all they, they only can give you what they have. And this, you're the same way, you know, you are living your life and you're, you're giving your children what you know right then and there. But we can always be better because we can ask the Holy Spirit to guide us, you know, through those things. So I, I strive to be teachable at all times, you know, because Nina came up to me one time and, you know, I was so concerned about their, their lives, um, being a, without a daddy in the home. Um, but the Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. You know, they have the word inside of them. What's that scripture? Um, train up a child in the way they should go. You know, so, and Nina is evidence of that. You know, she did stray for a little while, but, but man, the Holy Spirit, he's just, he's just so neat because he drew her back in. Yes, I prayed, I prayed, and I still pray. You know, we never stop praying, mamas, never, ever. <laughs> So, um, my mom's deceased and I'm just going to make one little suggestion. Um, I plan, and my mom's been gone for a while. Um, and I know a lot of y'all have lost your moms or, uh, I plan on writing my mom a letter and telling her, um, that she has blessed my life. I'm going to keep that letter to myself, but I, I just feel like there's some healing in that sometimes. You just sit down and write your mom a letter. If you want to give it to her, great, you know, um, and then just hand that on to your kids, you know, because um, I, I had a hard time with words with my mom. So um, because of my salvation experience, mostly. Um, so you're not just a mom. You are the most important person in your children's lives. Um, they're watching you and, um, oh, sorry. Um, they're, they're watching you, you know, we call ourselves, I'm just a mom. No, you are not. You are a, a life changer in your children. Um, you're the most important human being that your child will ever, um, have in their lives. And, um, so, Anyway, here's my last scripture, uh, Psalms 37.2. Nina, you have anything to say in the middle of this? No? Okay. Psalms 37.2. I have been young, and now I'm just a little older. Just a little. Yet, just a little, little bit. Huh? Just a little, little yeah, bit. Little bit. Yet, I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. You know, your children may stray. You know, we, I don't know when it's have that, because you want them to have that free choice, that free will. So, um, but there's the word.
got that promise. Stand on that word. So Psalms, one more, I lied. I'm sorry. Proverbs 31, 28. Her children arise and call her blessed. And, you know, I have children and they, they you know, maybe not necessarily call me blessed, but they respect me. They love me. They would do anything for me. Um, and I have stepdaughters that are the same way. They are amazing young ladies, all four of them. And then Aaron. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron. <laughs> He's amazing too, but boy, I tell you what, I, mm, boys are different than girls. I can say it now. It's a whole new kind. I'm a little, make a little confession on Aaron. My girls did not like to dress up at all. No lace. Everything was itchy, scratchy. Mm, it was just a terrible to get dressed on Sunday mornings. Kind of like Maribel a little bit sometimes. You know, the hair, they didn't like all that. We like tennis shoes, windsuits, um, anything to be outside. Everything was an outside outfit. If it was an outside outfit, it was worthless to wear it, pretty much. Well, we had church clothes and play clothes. <laughs> but now then I had Aaron, and oh my gosh, the boy likes some clothes. <laughs> Partially my fault. Because like I said, he was my baby doll. So I was like, oh, let's go take pictures. Let's put this on. You know, so. So anyway, so over the years, women, women have not taken the place, but have um, filled the void of um, when you, when you, when you need a a mother, uh, God just it may not be the same one all your whole season. Your seasons change. And he has just put amazing women in my life just to help me through that stage of my life. And I am so grateful. And that's all. They listen to the Holy Spirit. And I submitted to that. You know, I, um, and I still do. I still need that. I, I'm a child of God. So I'm, I'm a kid. I, I need I need some mothering sometimes, you know. So... Well, thank you. <laughs> so she had a lot of wisdom to share, and I know that Nina's probably going to share a little bit more of the story. But um, Nina, as a daughter's perspective, and I know there were times that you might have rebelled or maybe had a bad attitude, um, you know, uh, what can you say to encourage some moms that, you know, they might think they're a teenager doesn't like them right now or, um, you know, doesn't think their words are sinking in, you know, um, what is something that you can say or tell about y'all's story and your perspective on, you know? Okay. Um, well, I am her daughter. I'm also a mother for those of you that don't know, I became a mother at 20 years old. Um, so I currently am going through the teenage stage. So I have a 14 year old. Um, and I just thought it was going to be easy breezy, you know, I had the toddler stage down, I understand all the developmental stages, but a uh, teenage stage is definitely a, a different stage. Um, and so as when she, we've kind of talked about this and, you know, reflecting as a teenager and, um, I was a pretty tough teenager. I, you know, thought my mom didn't know much, um, thought she was just out here to ruin my life not allow me to do anything, couldn't have a life. Um, and so there were times where we butted heads often. Um, 
constant, you know, either not talking, not talking to her or, um, just not respecting, um, that part. And it was, it was interesting too, because also now had a dad in the home. So I was raised without one in the home for so long. And then I did have this father figure. So the respect there, there was no, I felt like there was no option. Not really, not that he was mean or anything like that. It's just, he kind of came with that authority and I knew I'm like, that's, that's the man. That's what he does. So I guess for my mom now that he kind of had that role, it was kind of like, well, she doesn't know. She doesn't, yeah, whatever. Um, and I kind of always in the back of my mind had an out plan of if I didn't want to follow her rules, I kind of had a, a backup plan every other weekend that I could do something or what I wanted to do. Um, so now leading into being a parent of a teenager, um, I'm like, whoops, I'm sorry, my bad, <laughs> you know, cause you kind of, um, you kind of, you're on the other side of it now where you see how it kind of hurts sometimes, um, when you do that to your mother, um, or what your mother's intention was, um, why she was trying to protect you, what she was trying to protect you from, um, And so I now see that being a mother. Um, And so just to you moms that are going through that teenage phase right now, sometimes that it kind of comes full circle, I feel like. And I feel like that's my light at the end of the tunnel because now coming full circle, I'm seeing that the other side of it. Um, And I have so much more respect and so much more gratitude for her putting up with me to put it in so many words, um, sometimes. Um, but I did, I, during praise and worship, I was kind of like, I don't know what to share. Um, but I just, I wanted to give just this word advice, just kind of in the season that I'm in now. Um, I know the enemy has kind of with me at times, you know, when my child does something and I'm like, I've, you know, I've done this, I've told her, I've explained, you know, she knows in the word what it says. Um, and the embarrassment of not asking for help. Um, not leaning on those people who can feed into her life. Um, so I had a really wise person, you know, that I work with tell me, you know, sometimes your children don't hear from you. You know, your words are kind of like, whoop, she doesn't know what she's talking about. But when you allow... A teenager. <laughs> when you allow those people within your life, so the women in the church... Um, the leaders, we have amazing youth pastors, um, those leaders that are around us, our community, they say it, it takes a village to raise a kid. And it really does. Um, especially those mothers and even those men in your life, you know, being a single mom, I have to allow those men in her life to speak over her, um, and feed into her and show her what, you know, the male perspective and the female's perspective of God's love, for her. Um, so we have amazing women that have not only fed into me to help me be a better mom. Um, but also they have fed into my child's life. Um, and I think if I wouldn't have, if I would have just let the enemy kind of sit in and be embarrassed of, um, I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't want them to know that's what she's going through, or I don't know how to handle this. Um, there's people that have either been through it or have walked with people going through it, and they're here to help you. Um, they're here to hold your hand. They're here to pray for you as a mom. They're here for to pray for your children. Um, so 
that's really my big piece of just mm, to give where I'm at now and what I was at one point. And our relationship is really cool now being a mom. Um, she's pretty much, I mean, she's pretty much my best friend. Like I would put her on that pedestal of if I'm in crisis, that's the first person I'm calling. Um, that's the person I'm leaning on. Um, so yeah, so that's pretty much it. And she already kind of said the scripture that I had, um, but Proverbs 22, six, train up a child in the way they should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, um, I departed for a little while, but came back because I knew I felt that tug and I knew this is where I needed to be and what I needed to raise my child in, um, to be the woman that I knew she can be and who I see that she can be. So. Don't give up on your kids. God, God has a plan. Do not give up on your kids. Cause, um, well, you were talking the other day. I mean, we, we kind of talked about all these stories and, She's like, you know, your children will disappoint you. And I was like, what are you talking about? My sweet little ones? Because <laughs> you know? I'm in the phase where, you know, they're still innocent. They're still sweet. So, um, you know, but I know they're not always going to live up to expectations and stuff. And so it's good to always put, be intentional and in putting the word in them. And, you know, y'all mentioned several things that were really good to be intentional about. Um one of the things that Christine talked about was having uh, women in her life, and even Nina, uh, that she put those women around her um, in her life and, and just had them to speak to her and bring uh, words of wisdom to her. And so that kind of goes into as a huge part of my story because I had um, women around me to speak into my life. Um, I lost my mom at age 17 and to a battle of cancer. Um, and she, it was, she was diagnosed the day after Christmas and then, um, six months later she passed away. So it was already stage four when we found out. Um, so it was very quick. Um, so I was 17, my brother was 15 and my uh, sister was 12 and we, um, it made me kind of step up into grown-up role, you know, mom role, whatever I could do to help out my dad during that time. And um, so with that, I it was amazing to me how every time that we were, you know, I mean, mom taught us how to worship. He taught us how to be in the Word, and, and my dad too. But it, it's just one of those things that... Um, you don't even know what you're praying for sometimes, and you don't know what you need until you need it. And God always provided those women in my life to um, come around me and be the mom in different seasons. I've had different women in my life that were that mom role in different seasons. I had, um, you know, like planning your wedding or when you had your first baby and, you know, all the things that, you know, you want somebody to be there for you. I had... God provided those ladies in my life. Um, and I knew, like, as far as um, how we were raised, I knew to cultivate those relationships. So when somebody did reach out, I didn't go, no, I don't have time for that. Um, you know, I'd, I'd lean in, and I'd ask for wisdom, and I'd, I'd go to lunch with them or coffee or whatever and, and find the time to 
cultivate those relationships. And I just think that uh, there's so much gold in that. <laughs> you know, there's so much wisdom in those around you. Um, you know, just listening to, I mean, they didn't tell all the stories that we talked about, <laughs> but just listening to them on some things, you know, I got several nuggets that, you know, for the season I'm in. And so I just encourage you to um, find those women that you can put around you and um, place in your life. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to speak about was, you know, a story that when I didn't know that I really needed somebody and the Holy Spirit just spoke to this lady. Um, I was, I had just moved here. We had probably been here three months or so, maybe. Um, I didn't feel like I knew people here yet well enough to like take care of my kids or help me, you know, in certain things. And Mirabella was a very, um, very, very, uh, hard baby. <laughs> so she didn't sleep at all. And she was very colicky. And so this lady in Shreveport reached out to me and she said, Hey, um, I have, you know, um, I just want to pray with you. I want to be there for you. Um, and then she said, you know, as we were talking through what I was going through, she said, I just want to come down and I'm going to spend a few days with your kids and you can go, you and your husband can go away and rest. And it was what I needed in the moment, you know, cause there's times when you get overwhelmed and, um, it's just having those ladies in your life, um, or people in your life that you can connect to. It's so much wisdom in that and counsel in that. And, um, so it doesn't matter, you know, I know Mother's Day can be triggered for some people. Um, you know, it can be a sad time. Maybe, you know, you've lost a baby. Maybe you've lost your mom. Maybe, you know, you didn't have a good relationship. Um, God is there for all of it and he's with you through all of it. And there is no greater teacher than the Holy Spirit. And he knows those deep desires. You know, he knows those things in your heart that you don't tell anyone else. And the more we open up to others and the more we share with others, there's wisdom that can come back to you. Because sometimes you need an outside voice, you know, to say, hey, this is crazy. <laughs> or, or, hey, you know, um, I can help you with that. Or, you know, whatever it is. But you need, to, you don't need to close yourself off. You need to find those connections. And so um, we want to make that as easy as possible.